you really think we were going to catch a break with our allergies just because we're in the middle of another Houston summer? Well, guess again, because if you woke up with puffy eyes and a runny nose just like I did, then you know allergies haven't gone anywhere. That's why I want to play back an episode from earlier this year with allergist Dr. Jessica Rajan to talk about how we can survive this never-ending onslaught of allergy season in H-Town. It's Wednesday, July 12th, 2023. I'm Rihil Ramzanali, and here's what Houston's talking about. Dr. Rajan, welcome into CityCast Houston. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing all right. Before we even start talking about allergies, I want to ask you, do you have any allergies? I do. Yes, I do, in fact. (laughs) So I have environmental allergies. I'm allergic to a variety of uh, pollens, dust, um, and cats. So where does an allergist go for her allergies? I'm sure. So typically, (laughs) I um, either see a colleague (laughs) who works in my office, or I kind of take care of myself. All right. That's good to hear. Okay. So we always hear about, you know, people saying my allergies are acting up, but what exactly does that mean? Like are most people allergic to pollen? Could it be something else? Is it just an excuse to say that they have a fever or cold and they don't want to admit it? What is that? Sure. So if they truly know that they have allergies that have been diagnosed, they're usually referring to yes, pollens, which are things like grasses, trees, and weeds. But it could also be things like molds, cats, dogs, or animals, um, and even a dust mite or cockroach. People Mm -hmm. don't realize cockroach is actually a pretty common allergy in Houston as well. And so when their allergies are acting up, it could be that they have had increased exposure to something that they're allergic to. And so now they're having increased symptoms as a result of that exposure. Wait, like cockroach as in cockroaches? Like the cockroach uh, fecal material. Yeah, which is pretty disgusting. (laughs) Oh, wow. I did not know that. Like, how common is that? Um, Pretty common, actually, unfortunately. So we usually recommend for those patients that they decrease their exposure, which nobody really wants to have a pet cockroach. It's not like their goal in life. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, yeah, we <laughs> recommend that they follow extermination and, you know, try to get rid of the cockroach infestation if, that, if that's occurring. Interesting. So in, in the new study that we saw, the Asthma and Allergy Foundation of America, the researchers found that climate change is responsible for about 50% of the increase in pollen seasons and about 8% of the increase in pollen concentrations. Have you noticed more patients on hotter dates coming into your clinic? So not necessarily on hotter days, but what they found with climate change is that it's overall affecting the um, levels um, of pollens that we're seeing, so the amount of pollen produced, and also it's extending the duration of the pollen season. So again, the trees, grasses, and weeds we're seeing in higher amounts over extended periods of time. So it doesn't necessarily correlate with hotter days per se, but we're just seeing longer seasons. And so people are affected for longer periods of time. And so that can affect um, a variety of allergic diseases. So whether it be allergies, like what you're familiar with in terms of runny nose, stuffy nose, nasal allergies, but then also symptoms like uh, for asthma. So with the allergies that you mentioned, like, of course, they're a big problem here, right? And Mm -hmm. we were the 12th hardest place to live in because if you have allergies, then with that information out there, is do you think that is true? Like, are we one of the hardest places to live in because of allergies? 
For sure. So I have a number of patients who will tell me they've lived in a variety of cities and they've never had allergies or they had mild allergies until they moved to Houston. So some may say that Houston's a hotbed for allergies, so to speak. And part of it mm -hmm. is we don't have um, true seasons in terms of the cold weather that other parts of the country may experience. And so because of that, that lends itself to just in general, longer pollen seasons. All right. So when you're walking around on a spring day or a summer day and you just see that yellow film on cars, are you just preparing like, oh, it's going to be a busy day or it's going to be a busy week? Oh, definitely. So usually when that is occurring, <laughs> patients start um, calling us. We're having people that are new to the clinic coming in, but also established patients that are calling us saying that they're having a flare of their symptoms wanting to be seen. So um, that's definitely a sign that we're having increased pollen counts and that you're likely going to have increased symptoms. All right. So what tips do you have for Houstonians dealing with tree, grass, weed, pollen, allergies? Yeah, so unfortunately, with those kinds of um, pollen allergies, you can't really avoid them. We're not expecting you to live in a bubble necessarily. So yeah. we know you have to go outside. And so outdoor exposure is when you're going to be um, inhaling these pollens and, and developing these symptoms. So we still want you to be able to live your life and enjoy the activities outdoors, but just be cognizant of the fact that you're having a high pollen count day in Houston. And so that means, number one, uh, paying attention to the pollen counts. And so I usually use the City of Houston Health Department's website. I find that to be really reliable and they report the pollen counts Monday through Friday. And so you can look to see before you leave your house, are you are we having elevated pollen counts and are they the items that you're allergic to? And if that's the case, then we'd recommend pre-medicating or taking your medications that morning before you go outdoors. Do you have any natural remedies that listeners could incorporate on these hot days or on these high pollen days? Yeah, so for sure we recommend medications, but in terms of natural remedies, um, things that I recommend people do are if they're mowing the lawn, let's say, and they're allergic to grass pollen, I will recommend that they wear a mask while mowing the lawn. Um, I also recommend that they try using a sinus irrigation system. So that's a way to irrigate your sinuses with um, saline, or which is basically salt water, and wash all the different pollens and irritants out of your nose and out of your sinuses at the end of the day. And that can really help decrease Increase the levels of pollens from entering your system so they're not sitting there percolating and then leading to increased symptoms. Mm, interesting. So when you hear grass pollen, somebody just goes, yeah, I'm allergic, right? I, I, or when they're outside, go, oh, yeah, pollen's bad. I'm just allergic. And they probably haven't gotten a test done. Do you recommend getting an allergy test done for every listener that's out there? Or is that something you just know kind of because of the high pollen days and you have symptoms? So if someone's having symptoms and it's bothering them or affecting their quality of life, then I definitely recommend they come on in and get an allergy test performed. If you're having no symptoms, then no, you don't need a test. But if you are, um, yeah, we're happy to get your allergy tested. The advantage of it is then we can pinpoint exactly Number one, which categories of pollens you're allergic to, and you actually find out exactly which species. So, for instance, if you know that you're allergic to elm tree versus oak tree, then when you look at those pollen counts, they mean so much more to you, and you're able to really predict uh, when your symptoms will occur, right? And so I, I definitely think it's super helpful for patients to get that allergy test performed. Not only for pollens, but when we do things, I know those are a few indoor allergens. So, for instance, if you have a pet like a cat or a dog, or even an allergy to dust mites, that's very helpful to investigate and figure out 
because then we can give you recommendations on how to avoid those. And yeah. we never tell you to get rid of your animal. We know they're part of your, your family, but we can at least give you recommendations in terms of um, how to decrease your, your exposure or special bedding that needs to be put on the bed, et cetera. So in Houston, why is it so bad here? I know we've kind of hit on it a little bit and we've talked about it, but why is it so bad here in the city of Houston with allergies? So it's bad, um, number one, because of our higher temperatures. And so we're warm. When we don't get a hard frost, the pollens don't um, die off, so to speak. So that's number one. Number two, the humidity levels that we reach. Our elevated humidity levels will lead to increased mold counts, but then also increased dust mite counts. And again, that's an indoor allergen that you can be allergic to. So the humidity and then the fact that we're warm so much of the year. So the humidity is not only messing with our allergies, but it's also messing with our hair. So there, there you go. Thank you, humidity. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, what are some common complaints you get from patients about allergies and what tips do you share with them? Oh, um, so what we recommend is number one, getting their allergy test performed so they can see what they're allergic to. And then number two, we go through, you know, what medications are best for them. So if they're taking a medication, let's say over the counter, sometimes they may not be using the right combination. Sometimes they're not using the proper technique for a nasal spray. Um, there are some nasal sprays that can be addictive as well. So sometimes I have to go over the harms of, you know, which ones are safe to use daily, which ones are not. And so there's a lot of things that we can do to help them out. So I always recommend getting an allergy test performed by a board certified allergist like myself. Wait, a nasal spray could be addictive? Yes, there are certain ones that are considered nasal decongestant sprays. Uh -huh. So those are ones um, that actually try to shrink the blood vessels in your nose. And so they have an addictive capacity and can actually damage the lining of your nose on wow. the long run. I did not know that. Learn something new. That is incredible. Um, final thing, what made you want to become an allergist, an allergy doctor? Oh, sure. Great <laughs> question. Um, so number one, I love that we are... Uh, able to see both kids and adults. I think that's something unique that not a lot of other specialties are able to do. Not a lot of people realize that I'm able to see both populations. And so it's kind of nice because then I can treat the whole family. Um, and then number two, we're able to cause a really significant impact on the quality of life for our patients. So this isn't something that's necessarily, the environmental allergies aren't necessarily life-threatening, but when we fix them, we can allow people to now attend their child's soccer games or be able to keep their pet in their house. And so it may not be um, a life-saving uh, treatment, but we are able to make a big impact. That is so cool. And that's such a great impact. Dr. Rajan, thank you so much for joining us. And here's hoping that, you know, this allergy season, which never ends here in the city of Houston, is a little bit easier on us. But I'm, I'm, I know, I know you secretly are like, come on, I hope it's a little bit bad so I can see more patients, right? <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for having me. That was allergist Dr. Jessica Rajan. You can learn more about Bel Air Allergy and Asthma with the link in our show notes. All right, before we go, the public battle over reducing property taxes is finally over. The Texas Senate and House reached a deal on a property tax cut that is over $18 billion. So what does this mean for homeowners? Well, the homestead exemption will bump up to $100,000, and on average, homeowners will save about $1,300 on taxes and $1,400 for seniors. There's also breaks for business owners, and you can read the full list of breaks with the link in our show notes. That will do it for today. Thank you for listening, and I hope you learned something new. 
cool. That was awesome. Thank you. That's great information. Okay, good. Yeah, awesome. that was this excellent. Is my first podcast, so I had no idea what to expect. So thank you so much.